Don't you hate hitting a pothole big enough to wake up your baby in the back seat? Us too. Here at GNG Paving and Concrete, we have the knowledge and equipment to help prevent potholes from forming in your driveway or your business parking lot. Call us for some preventative maintenance before the snow hits. 244-4298. That's 244-4298. We can patch potholes or crack seal before they become a problem. Here at GNG Paving and Concrete, we take pride in our city. We want Dalhart to drive as beautifully as she looks. GNG Paving and Concrete, a proud supporter of Dalhart ISD and keeping the community in the know. In the know. To be knowledgeable or having access to information about something, being privy to special or new information, or this program on KXIT. It's time now for In the Know, brought to you by your Dalhart Connection, bringing our community together with new and important information with your host, Dyke Rogers, and this week's guest. Our new Dalhart Superintendent, Mr. Jeff Bird, brought to you by GNG Operators. Welcome to this week's edition of In the Know. I'm your host, Dyke Rogers, and our guest today is Jeff Bird, new superintendent of schools at Dalhart Independent School District. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate you all having me. Jeff, it's an honor to have you here today. Our new programming, In the Know, is to kind of let our community know a little bit more about what's going on in different entities. And uh, we're grateful to G&G Enterprises for uh, sponsoring this program with the school district. And this is our opportunity to kind of know a lot more about what's going on in the Dalhart schools. But first, I think we ought to know a little bit about you. Jeff, why don't you tell us who you are and where you've come from and what you're doing. I I was an oil field brat. I grew up all over West Texas following my father from oil well to oil well. And I graduated from Eastland High School in 1989, played baseball and graduated from Tarleton State University in 1993, coached a couple of years, met my bride, Marlo, and we've been married 27 years. We have a 24-year-old vet student at Texas Tech, Austin. I've got a WT graduate who is now in the IT department at Brucker's Trucking in Amarillo. And then our our youngest son, Jake, is 15 years old. Jake is intellectually disabled and uh, absolutely the the light of my life and the glue that kind of holds us all together. And he's a freshman this year at Dalhart High School. Dalhart is our eighth school district in over a 30-year period and sincerely mean this as genuinely as I can possibly say it, Dalhart and the community. We've never been as welcome to a community as we have been welcomed here, and we're excited and proud to be here. Well, we're really glad to have you here. Jeff, why did you decide to come to Dalhart in the beginning? Well, you know, that's a, I, I, you'd be surprised how much or how often I've been asked that question. And uh, in 1995, I asked my wife to marry me, and shockingly, she said yes. And the only school district in the state of Texas that had a job for her coaching fields and teaching fields and my coaching fields and teaching fields was in Dumas, Texas. And probably never been happier than those first four years in Dumas. The people in Dumas are very similar to the people in Dalhart. Uh, we were in Amarillo for nine years. My second superintendent job was in Claude, and when I, my oldest son was a senior at Claude, the Vernon position came open, and, and it was such an overwhelming salary for us. It, we were able to write checks for our, our kids to go to college as opposed to huge student loans, so we took that position. And I, I can't put it into words or really answer that question directly, but this is our home. This is where our family is wants to be, 
and we've Dalhart's just one of those jobs we circle on the map and probably the reason that a lot of people chose not to apply for the job is exactly why I did uh, in my opinion the panhandle is 25 years behind the rest of civilization and I mean that as an absolute compliment people still treat people with courtesy they're, they're mannersome uh, kids know how to work parents have high expectations of parents and Dalhart was just a spot that we felt like would be a good fit for us, and thankfully the board agreed with us when they interviewed us. Well, that's terrific. Jeff, when you look at the Dalhart school system, kind of what do you see? Well, I think in any organization, sometimes you need an outsider's view of things to appreciate what you actually have. Um, in public education in general, perception outweighs reality. And I can't tell you how many people I had this conversation with you, quite frankly, three days ago, uh, four days ago, people that are able to come into the classrooms and able to be in our hallways and, and visit with the students and the administration and the staff, they see how hard our teachers work. They see how well behaved our kids are. They see the knowledge base that the platform and foundation that our staff's building and where I'm going with this, you get in a rut in a community and you don't know what you have or you don't know what you don't have but i'm telling you i've been in eight school systems and we've got an unbelievable administrative team starting in the central office we've got great principal leadership uh, we've got two new principals and two veteran principals to the district uh, we've got a wonderful staff and uh, you know, my non-negotiable is every decision we make is going to be based on what's best for kids. And sometimes you, you find yourself in a school district that makes decisions that are easy for adults. And I can look you in the eye and I can sincerely tell you that we're not doing that and it wasn't done before I got here. Uh, we're going to be as user customer friendly as we can. My, my door will be open 24 hours a day. You're welcome to come in and visit with me. That doesn't mean you're always going to leave with what you want or happy, but I'll hear what you have to say. And our job is to educate kids. They, they didn't build Dalhart Independent School District so Jeff could be the superintendent here. They built it to educate kids. And there's a few – we're not perfect. There's some things that we need to work on, and one is we need to do a better job of selling our own story. I, I would agree with that. I think uh, I think Dalhart's a great story, uh, and I think it doesn't get told near often enough. Tell me a little bit about you. So you have two new principals. Kind of yes, where sir. did they come from? What's their background? Well, and, we'll, and hopefully, we'll have a chance to visit with them absolutely. in future uh, podcasts. Well, Dr. Elaine Heyer, her husband works for XIT Communications. She actually finished her doctoral program recently in. About 15 years ago, I, I was a little skinnier and could still comb my hair. I can't do that any longer, by the way. But Elaine, my first principal job was at Amarillo at Caprock High School, and Dr. Heyer was my counselor. And I was so excited to have the opportunity to work with her again. Great heart for kids, passion for student success. She's a rock star, and we're very blessed to have her. And I had absolutely nothing to do with drawing her here. Her husband, obviously, was with XIT. And I believe, if I understand correctly, the principal that was previously at the elementary school retired and left in March. And they were able to bring Elaine in to finish the rest of the school year. She just has a great vision for student success. Uh, I believe that her staff is really bought in to, to what, she's, what she's selling their buying. And uh, I, I'm excited, and, and I can't wait to see what she's able to do there. 
uh, Chad Blaine was brought to us from Pecos. He's been all over the state. He's probably, I believe he originated as a principal in the Texarkana uh, area, but he comes to Dalhart from Pecos. And he's got well over 10 years successful experience as an elementary principal. They both have that elementary mindset. They're very caring, but they're firm. There's really not major discipline issues here, but we've got everybody wants accountability till it affects them or their kid. But I'm really excited to work with Chad. I mean, it's, and and I don't mean this disrespectfully to Dalhart, but sometimes, for lack of a better term, we're geographically challenged. And for us to be able to bring a guy in with 10 plus years as success, a successful elementary principal's a blessing. And we're really excited to have both of them and certainly don't want to leave any of our principals out. I think Stacy Maddox and her staff at the junior high do a phenomenal job. And I'm really proud of, of the job that Scott Wright and his staff have done at the high school. And, and I'm extremely fond of Scott's counselor. I've lived with her for 27 years. So she's just happy to be here. And by the way, I think the high school counselor was probably a better hire than the superintendent was. <laughs> you know, I, I, some people may agree with that. I'm, I'm going to withhold judgment there. <laughs> Jeff, when you look at our school system, what do you see as our biggest challenge? Communication. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, we've, we've got an extremely diverse population here. And we've got to do a better job of meeting every student's needs. And, you know, I think one of the things that is a skill set or a strength of mine, and and I would be remiss if I didn't brag on the uh, director of student services, Sarah Nutter. Sarah has been with the district 30 years. She absolutely could run this district whether I was here or not. Everything that she does turns to gold. I'm, I really appreciate, I'm blessed to have somebody in that position be able to help. So very grateful for her and the, and the central office staff. But I think one of my skill sets and I think one of the things that Dr. Hire and that Mr. Blaine will bring differently at our elementary levels is every decision that they make is going to be made in the best interest of the students. But we're, we're all data driven. You know, I, I'm an old football baseball coach. And my leadership style is more from a coaching perspective than it would be your typical high school principal or superintendent. Let's look at football as an example, and I know some people don't enjoy sporting analogies, but let's be honest. You don't just show up and play the game on Sunday. You you get home from a football game at midnight, you grade your film, you go home, you take a nap, you eat breakfast, you get back to the office by 7, and you create a game plan for success. And great coaches never put kids in positions to not be successful. You can't ask a kid to do something they're physically not capable of doing. Well, we're going to take that same mindset. We're going to use NWA maps. Um, and we're going to de- build individual success plans for each individual kid. And the mindset is, is you know, from a teacher's perspective is here are our teaks. Here's where we're at day one. Here's where we've got to go to day 187. And I understand and I appreciate that. But if you've got a fifth grader that's reading on a first grade level, it really doesn't do much good to start that child on a fifth grade level on day one of the fifth grade if he's reading at a first grade level. 
you know, you've got to crawl before you walk and you've got to be able to walk successfully before you run. So every decision I believe that Chad and Dr. Hire are going to make on those two campuses will be data driven. And we're going to try to create a different game plan. Every kid learns different. Every kid comes in the first day of school on a different level. So we're going to focus on each individual student and we're going to look and focus on student growth. That's great. Well, you said you're using MWA maps. What does that it's, mean? It's NWA. It's just a program where we come in in the first of the year and we're able to access. We're doing assessments and we're going to test the students and see where they're at. We're going to create a game plan from now till mid-year. Then we're going to access them again probably December, January, February. I don't want to fib to you on that, but somewhere in that time frame. Then we'll get the results back and see how much growth we have and then and create a new plan to get us from then to when we have to do state testing towards the end of the year. This week's In the Know podcast is brought to you by G&G Operators. Does getting ready and preparing for a product stress you out or make you second-guess your plans? Stop waiting and pull the trigger. GNG operators make preparing your site easier than ever before. They have years of experience working with conditions in the area, specialized tools and equipment that allow all aspects of your project from design to execution go without a hitch. Call today to start your projects, 806-244-4297. GNG operators is excited to keep you in the know about Delhart ISD news and updates. That's 806-244-4297. Well, I notice we have an awful lot of uh, what I'd call migrant uh, uh, population, at least yes, people sir. who are new to this area. Yes, sir. So what kind of language issues are there or are there, and how do you handle those? Well, there, there are some very big challenges, and, and not only do you, you look at the language barriers that we have, you know, it's, it's – and, and I've got a little bit of experience with this, and I wish that I had a magic pill and I would have bottled it up, but we haven't solved the riddle yet, whether it be in Vernon or Dalhart. But in Vernon, there, there's so many similarities to Vernon to Dalhart. You know, we we have the, the XIT in Dalhart. They had the Wagner Ranch in, in Vernon. We've got the Cheese Factory here in Dalhart. They've got a bacon rights plant in Vernon. At our pre-K through first grade campus in Vernon, we had 68 students two years ago that didn't speak English or Spanish. That's amazing. And we, we have similar situation here. The Karen population in Vernon was our biggest challenge. And here, it, it, as an outsider looking in, and this being my sixth week here, I believe our Guatemalan population will probably be our biggest challenge as far as is. Uh, ESL is concerned and uh, lang- uh, English language first students uh, and, and not only are we having the challenge with the Guatemalan population but these, these migrant workers come in and work the fields during the season and as soon as the season's over they may leave and go somewhere else. Does that make sense? So we've, we've got a short amount of time to help those students and if they're here on the snapshot date regardless of if they're in Dalhart until November the 1st, but the snapshot date was October the 31st, they may move to Yavaldi, but we're still responsible for them when they test at the end of the year. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't make any sense at all. It does. It, it may be the way it is, but yes, it sure sir. seems difficult to be accountable it, it, for it that. Is, it is a challenge, it, for sure. But uh, we're, we're not going to make excuses. If those kids are here 35 days, we're going to work as hard as we can with them and love on them and, and wish them the very best when they leave. 
Great. Well, one of the things that I think we've watched as a nation over the last couple of years is how school systems handle COVID and and how they've approached that and some of the distance learning and um, all of the challenges with uh, teachers unions and uh, and seemed like there was more politics in school than there was education. And I'm, I'm glad to say that here, I think it was more education than politics. Uh, and I'm, I'm real proud of the teachers that we have. But could you kind of address the what's happened as people have come back from COVID, at least what you can see in the six weeks here and where we are? I uh, understand that across the country, there's been a lot of loss in uh, learning. Uh, what are you seeing here, or are you in a position to assess that yet? Well, I, 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 I see the same things here I saw in Vernon. I see the same things here that other superintendents from other districts in the Vernon area and the Amarillo and the Dalhart area have all seen. You know, I, I believe that our commissioner envisioned that we were ready for remote instruction, and we failed miserably. Uh, the state of Texas and public education was not set up for success. And again, you're making decisions at the speed of light, trying to do what's best for students immediately. That was a challenge. Uh, our, our kids were not ready for remote instruction. Our parents were not ready for remote instruction. Students failed miserably from a social standpoint. I mean, I'm 51 years old and couldn't fathom being locked up in a house. I, I was considered... Um, you know, no different than a doctor. I got up every morning at 5:30 and I went to work and I stayed there till my work was done. But again, I, I would. There's no way I could have stayed at home every day from March until the end of school that year. Socially, kids suffered. Uh, there's been an increase in depression across our country. You know, and and everybody looks to that first year of COVID as the ch most challenging year. That wasn't the most challenging year. The most challenging year was the 2021 school year when we came back and right before uh, school started the commissioner mandated that everybody is going to have remote instruction across the board and you're also going to have to offer education in in person face to face if that's what the parents and children want and we had an astronomical list of of demands where if it was i exposed was a uh, an at-risk high-risk exposure was a low-risk exposure we those kids went well over 24 months without a normal school year i can't fathom having to learn in that environment with the, that amount of tension and frustration and that first year when we came back in 2021 if you really want to know why there's a shortage of teachers, there's there's multiple reasons. COVID primarily is one of them. We ask our teachers to come to work and be at school at 7.30 in the morning, teach seven periods a day. After school at 3.30 to 5, we wanted them to focus on the next day's lessons and to have everything organized. They went home, they cooked meals for their family, they had dinners with their family, and then they stayed up from 7.30 to midnight trying to assist the students that were remote instruction students. How much more money did we pay those teachers for doing double the work? I suspect very little. None. We, ex we Nothing. So we asked them to do double the work from a, a mental standpoint and an exhaustion standpoint. We, we overwhelmed our staffs. 